This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Patrick Mahomes, the magic show, is here in Oakland pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Touchdown! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're more of a traditional Hark, Christmas Hark music. Hark the Herald player. Angels sing. I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, the man who actually got out of here pretty early last night, Mr. Steve Sell. Surprisingly early. Steve, a fun night to open up the roundhouse. Great crowd, great energy. It was a split for the McPherson High team, so the girls beating Andover Central in the first game. Final score, 47-29. The boys then losing to a very good Andover Central team, 62-51. The girls were undefeated at 2-0. The boys dropped to 0-2. Steve, it was a fun night. The boys fought hard. They were dangling over the edge of the cliff by their fingernails, and they hung on for a really long time until late into the fourth quarter when some of that senior leadership, veteran skill set from that Andover Central team was able to hold on and finish that game strong at the free throw line. Well, and the Bullpups basically played the whole game without Jake Alexander, right. who had 29 points on Friday, sprained his ankle in the game's second minute, so he'd scored an old-fashioned three-point play early in the game, and I think that's where the injury occurred. We never saw it. We, we were looking on the court, and all of a sudden we didn't see Jake out there. And I didn't see him limp to the bench. I don't think you did. We might have been no. we might have been making notes or something like that. It was during a timeout. We looked down on the bench, and he's gone. So the Bullpups basically played that game without Jake. And to be honest, I felt like it was about as courageous a performance as the McPherson High boys could give. Because when you looked on the floor, the guys they had on the floor combined didn't average 10 points a game last year. They were playing freshmen. They were playing guys that didn't even – play but maybe they might not have combined for seven points per game well that's right year. Cody Stufflebean had four I think and then uh, Hoppus and Kinneman and Max Alexander were all one or two somewhere around there but to be up seven on Andover Central at the half not allow Braden Belt to go off not allow Easton Leadham to go off it, it wouldn't for have been Xavier Bell Bullpups win that game Xavier Bell scores 31 points he scores over half their points I believe, isn't that right? Would they have final? They total? finished with sixty-two, so he finished he, it with exactly. He scores half, their, half points. their points. You know, he was a tough matchup. For one thing, he's left-handed. He's very silky. Has a smooth, lots of game. But oh, I yeah. thought, I thought the bullpup squeezed every little bit out of that game last night that they could. Cody Stufflebean was just a warrior. Twenty points, nine rebounds. Just battled his tail off inside. I thought Sammy Pyle and Hay Schmidt off the bench were really good. 
Schmidt had a couple big threes. Sammy Pyle really battled hard inside, got a couple mismatches for layups in there. So the bullpup bench, uh, Cooper Courtney provided a lot of energy off the bench. And, of course, Seth Madron, the freshman, hit a couple threes. And, really, that's not his strong suit, but he hit a couple threes, scored eight points off the bench. So, all in all, I felt like the bullpups really played a very strong game against an outstanding team that very well could be the best in 5A. Two things that we have to remember about this McPherson boys team early on here in the season. Number one, the first two games that they've played this year have come against very tough teams. Number two, you have to remember that not only is this a young team for the most part, playing more freshmen, sophomores, juniors than they've really had to do in the last few years, but also they're inexperienced. And they haven't played a lot of minutes at the varsity level, even for some of the older guys. So not only do you have that, but when you lose a guy like Jake Alexander early on in a big game, the one who has played big minutes, it changes the way you have to play well, this game. it was a game. shock. I mean, when they saw Jake on the end of the bench with his foot up and obviously wasn't going to return, that's a shock because they're all looking around. When they need a basket, they just say, Jake, go get us a basket. Well, now these other guys got to get him a basket. Just because it says McPherson on the jersey, that doesn't mean this is a McPherson-type team this fa- so far this season. This is going to be a work in progress, especially if, if Jake Alexander is out any length of time. Uh, I'm guessing he's probably not going to play on Friday from all the reports we're getting. Hopefully be back Tuesday for Bueller. That's the league, you know, the start of league play, which is really what counts. But these – you know, these first two games, the Bullpups have gained a lot of experience from these first two games. And now Derby on Friday, they're bringing a seven-foot center in. they got a bunch of guys that are coming off a state football championship. They're physical, they're rugged, they're athletic. And Bullpups, you know, will not have – probably won't have Jake from the outset. But I'll tell you what they do have, and that's a lot of heart because I thought they showed a lot of heart on last night. The promising thing looking forward for the rest of this first semester schedule for the boys, Derby, who's 0-1, comes into this game. And like you mentioned, some injuries. It's a team that is very different than they were last year. Then you get two league games on the road at Bueller will be tough. Winfield coming back, they do not return a lot of players they from last year. They scored 23 points their first game. And then you get Dodge City on the 20th of December. And that's a team that is giving up a ton of points, but they're also scoring a lot of points. They got blown out by Junction City. I think Junction City almost scored 100. And then they barely beat Newton like 79-76 to last night. So there are four wins still left on this first semester schedule. And if they could get four wins and go into the break four and two, then I think people would be looking at this team a little bit differently. But remember, this, like you said, is a work in progress. And Coach Kinneman used the word different throughout the offseason, well, and it's a different team. I've covered McPherson High basketball for 40 years, and this is the most inexperienced team I've covered in my 40 years. So, you know. They're, Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily. It's just taking a little bit of time yeah, to get it all figured and out. And we, let's face it, we are spoiled. We are so spoiled here. We just expect to win 20 games every year. I mean, that's just kind of the norm. But there's sometimes there's years where it's a little rough at the start, but I fully expect this team. Hey, two years ago, the Bullpups were six and four after ten games. Where'd they end up? State championship game. That's right. So, and that was with a junior-dominated team, you know, and they were six and four, 
and got blown out, you know, in one of those games by 30 points by Miege. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Let's not be jumping off bridges or, you know. I certainly certainly hope not. Anything like that. The positive note last night, the McPherson girls, they might have had their worst shooting game of the season. And at 47 points, they might not have another game where they score that few. And they won with no stress, no sweat. A very easy win for this McPherson girls team. And how about the play of Maggie Leaf? (laughs) We didn't know she was even going to be a starter for this team until last week. A senior with her first start inside the roundhouse and putting up a performance that she did, 17 points, 12 rebounds. It just shows how deep this McPherson team is. Well, you know, you look at the first game of the year. We had four players in double figures combined to score 42 points, I believe it was. Those four players last night, I believe, combined for 10. And the two leading scorers for the Bullpups that combined for 28 points were Maggie Leaf and Cassidy Bean. And if you'd, said, if you'd said last night, if I'd told you before the game, Jim, 28 points from Leaf and Bean, what would you have said? I would have said, Leaf's going to have to score a whole lot more than 17. <laughs> yeah. Because Cassidy Bean, a sophomore, we knew she was a great shooter, and I watched her throughout their summer camp and in the fall practices and knew that she was going to be an excellent shooter. Well, she wears number three for a reason. There you go. As far as I'm concerned. And one of them was deep. Oh. She made three out of the team's five threes. Yeah, and two of them were back-to-back. She had eight points in just over two minutes and showed no fear. I loved how she competed. In fact, she missed a couple layups. She'd had 15 points if she just makes a couple layups. So she really came in and gave, gave the Bullpups a great job off the bench. Every game, it's going to be somebody different. You just never know who it's going to be from game to game. And that's what's the beauty of this Bullpup team and – they, don't even, they should have Andrea Sweat back any day now. That's right. And Andrea Sweat, that'll be a big addition because she gives the Bullpups length and versatility. Now we get the big matchup for the McPherson girls. Huge. That we have circled this game on the schedule for a long time. And the debate over the last year for who is the best girls basketball team in the state of Kansas, there have been some very good candidates, obviously, you talk about Bishop Miege, who has right. so much talent. They won four state championships going into last year well, before they still McPherson have, don't spoiled that. they still that. have the two Gonzales and the two Verholes? They still have everything back, pretty yeah. much. They still have Faith Hawthorne. Faith Hawthorne. They have a tremendous group returning, so a very good team. St. Thomas Aquinas, I believe they lost their best player, but still a very good program. Bishop Carroll has had a good run. You look at teams like Newton. You look at a Wichita South. Then you throw in the two that will be playing here on Friday night. And both of them are riding long winning streaks. The McPherson girls have won 23 in a row, the reigning 4A1 state champions. The Derby girls, they've won 25 in a row. They're the reigning 6A state champions. The last time the Derby lost, one year ago from today, inside the roundhouse. And Derby has everybody back, basically. Almost everybody back. Kennedy Brown... Top 100 player going to Oregon State. Tori Alford. Going Kennedy to- Brown was almost a top 16 player. She almost made Team USA yeah. for the under 18 squad. Tori Alford, Missouri State. The Nillis girl had 12 uh, last night. They had some new girl that I hadn't heard of. She had 12 last night. So it's going to be a tall order for the Bullpups. 
And, you know, Kennedy Brown and Torrey Alford are four-year starters. This is their third time to play McPherson. They've never beaten the Bullpups. We're going to learn a lot about this McPherson team. And I've mentioned it a couple of times with some parents and some other people that ask about it. This is going to be the first real big test that is the life after Taylor Robertson test. How does this team play in big games when they need to make big shots, when they need to hold up and make big plays defensively, and when they need to go to the free throw line? Because when you have Taylor Robertson, some of those problems get solved just because she can step to the line, make everything, step into three-pointers, make them, be the top of the pressure. Here is the chance for this year's team to say, we can still compete at the highest level, well, even a, without Taylor Robertson. It's a chance for this team to establish its own identity right. and not the post-Taylor Mandy. Keep We keep going back to that. It's it's going to be time at some point. we got to put the past in the past, enjoy what they those two brought last year. But this is a new year. It's a new team. And, you know, new memories are going to be built. And I really feel like if the Bullpups win this game, they're going to go on a real tear because I know there's some tough teams – Still left on the schedule. But I'll tell you, the way this team's playing defense right now, once they get their three-point shooting untracked, and we know this will be a good three-point shooting team. Those, you know, they were 5 of 27 last night, and I don't recall one bad three-point attempt as far as the look. Almost every one of them was wide open. Remember, McPherson's girls are riding a 23-game winning streak. If they can win on Friday... You've been a part of some really impressive winning streaks for this McPherson girls team. I believe there's a 28-game winning streak in the mix somewhere that would be the second longest. And then there's that 56-game streak. And, of course, that's looking way ahead here. But if they could find a way to beat this Derby team, this is a team that has enough talent. They have a decent enough look at a schedule that if they can win this game, some records might get well, smashed. Well, I, I certainly think, you know, I hate to look ahead, but... You know, and the tournament's going to be tough. But I feel as far as the regular season, if they win Friday, they can run the table on the regular season. I know Coach Strathman's probably losing Oh, his I mean, mind. he's listening. He, he's going, saying, you shut guys, up. Yeah, you guys are, you know, you're fools. But uh, We know that. We know that. But it is true. I mean, this team is – and they're so much fun to watch. Man, they, they play such an upbeat, you know, up-tempo style. Their pressure defense is just forcing, you know, turnovers – uh, and, and, again, it's just so many different players. I mean, no one saw Cassidy Beam coming out with an 11-point game last night or Maggie Lee with a 17-point game. But, you know, they could turn around, and the next game those two could combine for three points, and the Bullpups win by 25 or something like that. Such a fun team, and we have a huge game coming up on Friday night. I don't know if there's a better matchup anywhere in the state oh, no. than the Derby girls no. and the McPherson girls. You don't girls. have two returning state champions playing each other. And tomorrow. the winner of this one will get some bragging rights. Yeah. And they'll be able you, to confidently think, say, hey, we might be the best team in the state. Don't you think Kennedy Brown's thinking, what do I got to do to beat this McPherson team? Now, she had 16 and 17 boards, 16.17 boards when the teams played, uh, I think, was it last year or two? Yeah, I think last, last year. Last year, she had 16.17 boards, 13 points and eight boards the year before. So, you know, she had 26 in their 81-13 destruction of Arc City, but Arc City's not good. So this is really this is really to them like their their real season opener. How about a little roundhouse magic oh, yeah. on Friday night? A couple of weird things might happen. Yeah. And hopefully the lid comes off of the baskets. 
Fun night last night as the Bullpup team split with Andover Central. Steve, let's take a break and come back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, I had some bad news rolling last night. I think you know where I'm going with I know this. where you're going. And that is that my Arkansas Razorbacks had a chance to land the big-time prospect, Kelly Bryant, former Clemson quarterback who was transferring in his graduate transfer year. Had it narrowed down pretty much to Arkansas and Missouri. And I don't know what I did to deserve this. But Mr. Bryant chose Missouri. Well, maybe you'll get Alex Delton now. I would be surprised. But I wanted to move into a conversation talking about this graduate transfer program, and in particular, just transfers in general throughout college sports, because this was a topic of debate this weekend when it came to Jalen Hurts, the Alabama quarterback, because he was jumped in his starting role after starting for two years, playing in two national championship games, and being the quarterback of record in their championship win. Then Tua Tagovailoa rolls into town, takes his spot in the championship game, wins the national championship, and is the starter for Jalen Hurts' junior year. And a lot of people thought he was going to transfer, but didn't, stuck it out. And then it was his turn to come in late in the game and win the SEC championship over the weekend. And so people were talking about, wow, it was a lot of courage and a lot of guts for Jalen Hurts to stick around and not transfer when he could start for about any other team in the country. But whenever some of these guys transfer, there's... there's become this new mentality for some people that are saying this generation of kids they are weak they can't fight through adversity anytime they see a problem they just quit they just leave and I think I'm sick of hearing about that yeah because Steve sometimes you make the wrong decision yeah sometimes 18 year olds 17 year olds 16 year olds, Make some dumb decisions. Can you name some dumb decisions you made when you were late in your high school years? I've made some dumb decisions at 61. But sometimes this dumb decision, let's say you're high school quarterback and you say, I'm going to go to the University of Southern California. This is the school for me. It's sunny, beautiful women, great football program. I'm going to go be the quarterback. And you get there and you thought Coach Helton was a really nice guy. Then all of a sudden you go, oh man, this is not the place for me. Do we really want to trap them no. and put them in this place and say, if you leave, you're soft, you're a loser, you're weak? But because least- that's sometimes the reaction that people have recently. Kids can't overcome adversity. There is a little bit of that, and that sometimes you do have to fight through some adversity. But if you are unhappy, if you want to make a change, I think we need to give people the opportunity to do so. 
And especially when it comes to a guy like Kelly Bryant, and this graduate transfer program is great for this. Oh, I think so. But to give people the opportunity to leave if they want to, especially when coaches at the college level leave all the time, they leave 24 7. Yeah. And they go, Oh, you're going to come here. And We've got your scholarship. I love you. You're my friend. And then, Ooh, Alabama just offered me the job. I'm going to go over that way. Yeah. I think we need to reevaluate the way that we talk about some of especially these college-age kids that want to make decisions and transfer because there is a negative connotation with it, and maybe it was because people didn't want to transfer 30 years ago, 20 years ago, because they were afraid of some of these ramifications and people saying things about them. But are you a fan of people transferring, or are you one that says you need to stick it out and and finish there? No, I mean... Finish what you started. I mean, if you go to a place and you're miserable there... You have the right to, to me. You have the right to leave. You need to go where you're happy, and the graduate transfer thing. I really like that. I, I think that's because they have graduated. You know, right? They, they have graduated. They just want to play football one more year or basketball. Now, the origins of that grad transfer program, I think, began more in terms of an academic setting. I think it more began as, okay, I'm going to graduate playing college football. I'm a mechanical engineering master or a associate or whatever the degree is that a major I want to go to a program that has a really specific engineering field that I can go get my master's in or go do a doctorate program and that's where the origins of this started to say maybe if I'm the quarterback at Arkansas they don't offer the same program that let's say Oklahoma could offer Mm -hmm. and now it's more turned into get to go to a different place and showcase your different skills and that's what Kelly Bryant is going to do but I think it's a really good setup and allows for people to do what they want to do. And I think that's always a positive. Well, I think so, too. So, you know, I just think people should let the young men and women, you know, say women's basketball or what other sport, grad transfer, just just let them be happy. Because Kelly Bryan has taken a lot of heat this weekend after he was in the same situation as Jalen Hurts, got jumped for the starting spot. And Kelly Bryant said, eh, I'm going I'm to move on. He was out there the door the day after they moved him, though. And right. while Jalen Hurts stuck around and ended up winning his team a national championship. But I give a lot of credit to Kelly Bryant because I've been following this decision very closely. As soon as he left Clemson, he said, look, I am opening it up. I'm going to spend my weekends this fall when I could be hanging out here in Clemson and having a fun time without playing football. I'm going to go find the right place for me. And if somebody really takes that amount of time, they go to different places, they talk with coaches, they visit campuses, and they figure out what works for them, you have to respect their decision. And of course, I'm mad at him because he didn't choose Arkansas. And he picked Missouri. Oh, don't pick Missouri. Yeah. Oh, God. But anyway, I respect his decision and, and his ability to do that. And I think people need to open up their mind a little bit more about these transfers whether it's somebody transferring to a school for one semester, they go there for one year, they go there for two years. It's not just football. Sometimes it can be the school setting isn't the right fit for mm. you. Sometimes the people that you're around at school, your friends, the team, people on your team, that they're not good people. Maybe just the culture is not good. And to be able to have the ability to leave a school, I think is a good deal. I think so too. So... 
Now, if KU could just get him a grad transfer at quarterback, I'd yeah, be that'd happy. be nice. I'd be real happy. K State's in the market for one too. <laughs> All right, Steve, we'll take one more break. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, ninety-six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we didn't really get to talk about it much because of a late night inside the roundhouse, but McPherson I swimmers, and because some results didn't get copied the right way, <laughs> McPherson I swimmers, good showing in Topeka. Fantastic beat showing. Beat Bishop Miege. Hey, beat Bishop Miege. It's only, always a good day. Blue Valley West was the only team to finish ahead of the Bullpups. Uh, they started off, they won the first three events of the day. Uh, William Powers. And Justice Hampton, Dawson Van Gotham, Silas Steinert, Simon Steinert, those guys are really doing a great job. Uh, Powers, uh, by the way, Topeka Capital Journal picked him as one of the top ten swimmers in the state to watch, and he's living up to that, and Justice Hampton right behind him. Coach Matt Morrow, the guy gets more out of less. He has a, he doesn't have a squad probably half the size of the other schools, and yet the Bullpups beat just about everybody. They won their first meet down at Mays on Saturday and got second and beat Miege pretty handily yesterday. Steve, are you a little sad that this upcoming weekend there's not really any college football? Army-Navy. That's not a real interesting game to me. Oh, I, I, Is it an interesting game to you? It is to me because my dad was a big Navy guy. Do you really like the triple option that much? Love the triple option. In Annapolis, Maryland, isn't that where they play it? Philadelphia, probably. Oh, that's right. I think they do but play But I, I love the triple option. I think it's so antiquated now that nobody hardly runs it. Now, the Heisman ceremony is going to be on Saturday, right? Exactly. Kyler Murray. He's got my vote. I like Kyler Murray, too. Uh, about three weeks ago, Tua was thought to be a landslide winner. And all of a sudden now, Kyler Murray is getting a real groundswell of support. I think it's going right down the end. I still think Tua wins, but I think the margin's very narrow. But I pick Kyler Murray. I, I think he's unbelievable. It would be pretty phenomenal for the University of Oklahoma – to have back-to-back years with two different quarterbacks win the Heisman, and like we were just talking about a minute ago, two different guys that left a program and came to Oklahoma. And Kyler Murray makes more money than the president of Oklahoma. <laughs> Kyler Murray signed with the Oakland A's to play baseball for $4.6 The richest dollars. man in college football. He's the richest man in college football. All right, Steve, we'll wrap up the show for today. Tomorrow, ton to get to looking ahead to the weekend, a busy NFL weekend. Chiefs with a big game against the Ravens. Bullpups back at it on Friday against Derby. We'll have a little more prep and a little more notes done to talk about that game. Matt College home tonight, by the way. Oh, yeah, at the Sports Center. 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, taking on York. Matt College and York. uh, York's team really gets it up and down the court. They're a fun team to watch. In the past, they've averaged about 100 points a game. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sal, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. 
Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.